Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome back to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Stanley Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Finkman. Uh, we have had three weeks off. Unfortunately, TJ was under the weather last week, lost his voice, and could not uh, participate. It is difficult to do a podcast uh, when that happens. But anyway, we're going to discuss the whether or not the college football playoff should expand. But first, we have a word from our sponsor, uh, SeatGeek. I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you, kind of like kayak and uh, buying airplane tickets. Uh, their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, a yellow dot for good deals, and a red dot, not so good deals. Use the promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. Uh, what are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have tickets. And right now, we bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, how are you doing on this? fine June evening. Yeah, doing very well. Past couple of days have been uh, postcard weather. It certainly uh, doesn't feel near as bad as summer usually feels uh, in Indiana, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, our talk today about the playoffs, and then uh, after that, you know, our episodes are really going to uh, start to uh, look earnestly toward the uh, 2019 season, which I'm really pumped about. Yeah, and getting into it, we're, we are less than 89 days away. Uh, it was 89 days at noon today. IU does kick off yep. at Lucas Royal Stadium on August 31st at noon against Ball State. That game is going to be on CBS Sportsnet. Uh, so people who do not get that, get out your transistor radio, sit out on the porch, uh, listen to Don and Buck, and uh, or follow us on Twitter. Um, it, it's one of those channels where, because it's a Ball State home game, Ball the the MAC channel gets it, and that, that's CBS Sportsnet. So you know, call your cable provider uh, or find something online. Uh, Reddit has different streams and things like that. So that's uh, that's how you get that game. We'll talk more about that later. We'll talk more about the season later. But right now, we're talking about the college football playoff. Whether it should expand or not, what needs to be tweaked, whether we like it or not. So the college football playoff, TJ, was brought to to bring an end to the BCS. The first year was 2014. It was to take the four best teams in the country, have them play each other, and get 
not one true champion like the Big 12, uh, but a, a more <laughs> accurate, fair champion, which uh, we'll discuss whether or not that it, it has been successful. But the, the college football playoff is at four teams. It's supposed to be the four best teams or the four most deserving teams, which is another argument in and of itself. Uh, but it's a two semi and uh, two semifinal games that rotates between Rose Sugar, Orange Cotton, Fiesta, and Peach Bowls, uh, and it's uh, it's becoming very controversial. So, uh, TJ, what are your initial thoughts of the college football playoff? You'll go, and then then I'll give my thoughts. Yeah, I I mean, you know, the initial question of do you like it, yes or no? Um, for me, it's a yes. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm using that as kind of a sliding scale of what I previously knew, which was the bowl system, just you know, voting uh, on a uh, on a champion, and then obviously the evolution of that to the BCS. Uh, so, in my opinion, the current system uh, is light years ahead of those in terms of determining. Uh, a a fair true champion. Uh, so if I look back at what I previously know and compare it to that, uh, yeah, I, I really really like it. I think it is a much better system than what we have previously had, um, and I, I do think that uh, you know you have to look at the integrity of the regular season and the interest of the regular season, uh, and in my opinion, uh, that has not been damaged. Um, I, I still feel that every Saturday is a really huge one um, and that, that one loss could potentially uh, throw your national title hopes into, uh, you know, into major uh, dismay. Now, um, I do think that there are some issues with the current playoff system, and I do think that there are some improvements that, that could be made, uh, but if I'm with do I think that the playoff system has improved college football uh, or hurt college football, I would, um, you know, have a very strong opinion that it has improved it overall. Yeah, you know, my biggest fear with college football playoff was that it was going to ruin the regular season. And, you know, college football is unique in that every week matters, whether it's week one or week 14 every week matters. It's just, you know, as awesome as March Madness is, um, it's really a terrible way to pick a champion, uh, like a real champion. And um, so it's it's who really cares about, outside of the fan bases of teams, who really cares about, you know, some of these big opening games in November – as opposed to, you know, oh, you, you know, let's say Alabama's playing Clemson in, in the opener or, you know, there's really no games like that this year. But you, you always have one of the big marquee games. Uh, you know, next year it's going to be LSU-Texas. You know, they're, they're almost elimination games in August and September. And that's what I love, the best. That's what I love about the, the college football season. And that's what my big fear was of the playoff. Now, the four-team playoff, you're leaving out a Power 5 school. You're 
supposed to reward teams for scheduling harder harder opponents. Uh, and if you go four best teams, Alabama might lose two games and still be the best team. Um, and that it's a hard criteria to, to get. That would it's observing teams. We've seen uh, we haven't seen that many different teams in the playoff. You've had Alabama's been in it five times. Clemson four mm-hmm. three. Ohio State's been in there twice, and then Georgia, Oregon, Florida, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Washington have been in it once. So there are a lot of teams that have no shot of making the college football playoff, and and that goes from UCF, who had won 24 games in a row, five games in a row, and to, you know, in Iowa team that needed somebody to lose two games if they went undefeated. Uh, in in uh, over the season, playing in a power conference, I think, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the playoffs. It's sure if you want to expand it to six games, it might be better. At what point? Wh- when do you stop? Is is my point? Is do you stop at six? Do you stop at five? Do you stop at eight? Do you go sixteen? Um, and then if you do that, those games in the middle of the year that LSU-Alabama matchup or Ohio uh, State-Wisconsin or Ohio State-Michigan at the end of the year. Those games really don't – okay, well, if Ohio State and Michigan are one and two going into the final week of the season, Michigan's really going to drop to eight and they're going to leave them out if if they lose uh, and and go 11 and one and Ohio State beats them by two really going to leave them out, it's hard to see that happening. Uh, but to me, I, it's you're going down a slippery slope with playoff expansion. Um, the games have been entertaining, uh, the, at least the final games. Some of these semifinal games, especially the last few that the Big Ten have been in, uh, have been laughers. Um, although sometimes it is entertaining seeing Ohio State get the brains beat in. I'm not going to lie about that. That was really fun to watch. Um, and the the money's big. People will watch. All these things are made for TV anyway. And people will say, well, I, I like the bowl system because teams like IU or Purdue, uh, Northwestern, they are such long shots for the college football. If IU goes 12-0, and 0, are, are we we're going to consider putting IU in against these teams. Yeah, that means they've beaten Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Purdue, and whoever else is on the schedule in non-conference, and, and they probably are one of the most deserving teams country. But then you have a panel goes, okay, well, they're IU. They're not, you know, let's, God forbid, there's, there's a one-loss SEC team. Uh, an undefeated SEC champion, an undefeated Pac-12 champion. You know, at some point, um, the, the odds are so astronomical, uh, even just for IU to beat in Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, let alone all in the same year, that it, it, it's you're really limiting college football's national title to, to you know, four con- five conferences and maybe the top two teams in each conference. And even then, it's, you know, you've seen the Pac-12 being left out. 
the the Big Ten has been left out, uh, and the Big Twelve has been left out. So I I think they need to keep the bowl system in terms of yeah, people say it's a participation trophy. Maybe they move it to a sixty eighteen playoff, like like the NCAA tournament. That sixteen seed who's going to lose to Alabama by by forty points. You're going to be happy about being a 16 seed in the college football playoff and and get your your brains beat in. That I mean, that's more of a participation trophy than having two more evenly matched teams uh, play. Sure, it's an exhibition game, but at the end of the day, they win something. It's you know you're, you're celebrating a, a college football playoff or a March Madness birth. Unless you win the whole thing, it, everything's a participation trophy. Uh, so I, I think there, there's a happy medium somewhere in there in terms of expansion um, where I, I think all five power five schools deserve a shot and then one at large, but th- there's definitely changes that need to be made. TJ, what changes uh, or expansion changes would you make? Well, I, I, I do believe number one, I think expansion, um, uh, while not inevitable, I do believe it is very likely with the next television contract that's signed, uh, which I want to say is 2024, uh, is when this current rights deal expires. I think that when that uh, next TV contract is is up for negotiation, I do think that uh, there will be a strong, strong push for expansion. Uh, and the model that I, I have heard that I'm most intrigued by uh, and I'm not going to sit here and, and say that, um, you know, I have the answers to make this a perfect uh, perfect formula because I, I don't know if that exists um, because it, it does differ so much from year to year. What some years uh, you look at it and say, well, um, you know, there's really two teams that stand out above the rest and teams three through eight are evenly matched or teams three through 12 are evenly matched or maybe some years you've got three teams which are head and shoulders above the rest or you know it's going to differ year to year what looks like perfect so I I do not know um, what the perfect model would be if there is one Um, but the model that I'm most intrigued by that I have seen is an expansion to six giving the top two teams fives uh, so you have uh, incentive to be one of those top two teams, um, which I think keeps interest up. Is this, you know, the fan bases of the top four or five teams are, um, you know, following that race, if you will, for the top two seeds uh, to get a a buy into the final four. And then seed three and six play each other, um, and seeds four and five play each other. And I'd be in favor of having – those games hosted on campus. Uh, game, you know, team three hosts team six, team four hosts team five, and then the winners advance to the semifinals, which would, uh, you know, resemble what we or match what we currently have, and that that rotates at at both sites, and then you have the the winners of those games going to the national championship. Um, you know, I think that that would be a uh, you know a mild expansion, but also uh, somewhat of a radical uh, variation on what we currently have because you would have uh, two you know, quarterfinal games, if you will, that would be on site. Uh, you know, think about 
perhaps a game in, I don't know, mid-December between uh, maybe Ohio State's a three seed and, I don't know, like a Central Florida uh, would be a six seed or, um, you know, the four seed, uh, maybe your Pac-12 champ, Washington, you've got a quarterfinal game hosted there at the Husky Stadium uh, in front of the sound like that would that'd be an incredible atmosphere it really would and I, I think that'd be uh, very college football to have those on campus and then you progress to the current Bulls uh, I do want to definitely keep the Bulls system intact because you know in my opinion uh, it's really two different sports that the majority of the teams compete on and then you know, your top tier programs are competing on. They're, they're just they have two totally different goal sets, really. Uh, you know, Alabama, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, they enter each season with a goal of a national title in mind the majority of the time. Uh, Indiana and a lot of other programs are entering it with a very different goal in mind, and that's you know, maybe it's to get to eight wins or to get to six wins to reach a bowl game. Uh, you know, every program has their own goals, their own standards. Uh, and those goals, those bowl games allow for, for that to exist and for you know, Indiana to, if there were not bowl games, and let's say, uh, you know, you're comparing it to a, uh, I don't know, like a NBA or uh, something, it, Indiana's goal would be to get an eight seed to squeak into a playoff. And, and that's just, you know, there's not a lot of interest there for me to follow that. However, if it's, hey, we're trying to build our program by making a bowl game, um, you know, then suddenly, hey, there's more interest for me because every game towards that six definitely matters. Um, so I definitely want to keep that bowl system in place. But in terms of the playoff, I think that that expansion model, uh, and I, I'm not sure how that would look. If it would, I think the most logical one would be your five conference champions of the, the Power Five, then your one at large, uh, which you could mandate has to come from the group of five, uh, or you know, so that you could have that group of five, whoever the best group of five team is, you could have them automatically selected to be one of those six, uh, or you could just say, you know what, we're just going to choose the six best or the six most deserving teams and we'll pull the side from there. Obviously that could be problematic because then you might just say, well, still Central Florida is going to be locked out of this thing because we've decided that they are not one of the six most deserving or they're not one of the six best. We don't care if they were undefeated. We saw who they played and we don't think they're good enough to compete at that level. Um, you might still run into that. So you, you could perhaps legislate in that one of these six spots has to be for a group of five team. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that particular part of it. I think yeah, it's forced you to have, choose. You could have one of those years where the group of five, you know, that, that sure. champion or whatever, three, two, three losses, and they're just not very good. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at a blowout. Uh, semifinal game where they have that's a six seed and they have to travel to let's say a Ohio State so they're traveling to Columbus to take on you know let's say a, a 12 and one Ohio State team uh, that's the three seed and 
you know, getting beat on national TV in the middle of December in Columbus by, you know, 20 points or whatever. Um, how entertaining is that? I mean, not necessarily great. Whereas maybe a six seed otherwise would be a, I don't know, um, 10 and two LSU team, let's say that, uh, you know, lost to Alabama, who's like a one seed and then maybe dropped a, a game on the road to like a Auburn or, or a Georgia and was a very good team, clearly, but they lost two close games to SEC teams. Now, what if that six-seed LSU team is going to three-seed Ohio State? To me, that's much more interesting. And if you're just going after what's interesting and perhaps uh, biggest bucks in terms of viewership, I think that the you know hypothetical six-seed LSU or six-seed Georgia or six-seed uh, Florida State, if they get their crap together at an Ohio State in middle of December, I think that that matchup uh, would would scream big-time college football uh, ratings. So maybe that, that option would be one that would be more palatable to the decision makers. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, like last year was one of those years where everybody knew basically from week one to, to the end of the year, yeah. it's going to be Alabama and Clemson. And, yeah, some teams put a scare in, in, into each of them, and it was, you know, you're probably better off playing a, you know, like the BCS, just these are the two best teams, let's, let's play. Um, and for me, uh, another part that goes into it and expanding it, and I like that, what, that those first games have to be on campus. It is so um, – it's so unfair to ask these fans to travel to these bowl sites during the most expensive travel time of the year uh, around Christmas and New Year's and go to, to, you know, California, which is an absurdly expensive place to travel to anyway. Uh, last year's playoff was at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. IU was out there in the, the um, whatever bowl it was called, the Foster Farms Bowl, now the Red Box Bowl. Uh, out there in 2016, flights were, you know, six seven hundred dollars uh, because it's last minute. Uh, hotels weren't cheap. You had to stay either in San Francisco, which is like the most expensive place in the world, um, or you stayed in San Jose, which you know is a nice city, but it's not as nice as San Francisco. And everything's going to be in San Francisco anyway. Uh, and then you have to pay to get stadium. Then you have to pay to get tickets. Uh, oh, yeah, and not to mention that if you're, like, a real diehard fan of the team, you're probably paying to go, you know, to the Sugar Bowl or wherever those those other games are, you know, the Rose Bowl. You could make two trips out to um, to California and stay there for 10 days um, or fly back and forth or fly to Florida. It's just the, the prices for fans are outrageous. And especially college football – the great thing are campus games. It's I've been saying it for years is games on campus. You have the students, you have the fans, uh, you know, it's just, that's part of tradition and you're losing, you think college students could afford to, to go to, to uh, a playoff game or, or two playoff games. Um, 
or even three. Let's say you're a six seed and make a run. Uh, three, it, it's it's starting to get expensive now. If you play on campus, uh, that takes you know students. It, it's kind of will fall. If you play right after the conference championship games, I would put you about at the 14th of December, which usually is around finals week. If you put it the next week, everybody has a bye um, to make it a little bit more evenly, even on time off. That puts you at December 21st, which is usually that first weekend of bowl games. Uh, right around Christmas, students are off campus. Uh, it's kind of like you know, having rivalry week on Thanksgiving weekend where it's just the atmosphere is a little bit different, but I'm sure there's some students who would come back if it's held like a regular season game. Uh, ticket allotments, it, you're getting into a lot of technical stuff now. Uh, I'm down that rabbit hole. Uh, but, you know, ticket allotments, how many tickets do you give to UCF and things like that? Is it going to be, you know, a 50-50 split like a, like a bowl game? Is it going to be you know, a regular, regular season game where you have your whatever 10,000 seats at at, um, at Ohio Stadium get sent down to UCF for their fans to buy and then sent back. I like having the game on campus, though, uh, but it, there's still a lot of stuff to work out. Six teams is probably what I like the best, and it's got you got to get to the point where teams aren't scheduling – and they, you schedule so far in advance. So let's say UCF is going to schedule, let's say they play, let's say they would play Florida State this year. Florida State was five and seven last year, but they had probably scheduled that game 10 years ago when Florida State was um, winning I mean, big games. Boise and, State and, is playing Florida State this year. And, and yeah, Boise but, State could hypothetically. Uh, you know, be that group of five team. That's possible. Yeah, and, and but if if let's say Boise State goes down there and beats Florida State, and Florida State ends up as a yeah. six and six team, that's now going to yeah. be held against them. Well, they schedule Florida State. Florida State's not as good as it used to be. Now Florida State goes ten yeah. and two, and and Boise State is beaten. That's uh, okay. You know, not now you're now you're cooking. So there's a lot of right. things that go into it. Um, I do think six games is the best. Got to keep the bowl, the, the bowl system. Uh, people don't realize this when when they talk about the. They're made for TV. It doesn't matter if there's 15 people in the stands or right. know, 150,000 people in the stands. They're made for TV, and that's where they get all their money. They're made for, you know, people are usually home during the holidays, uh, maybe a little bit earlier in the afternoon, and work is a little bit more relaxed. It's it's something, it's content that writes itself. And, you know, live game content is the best kind of content to me. Uh, and yeah. selfishly as a teacher, with weeks off in December, there is nothing better than watching the Bahamas Bowl on a day afternoon when it's, you know, minus 50 degrees out in Indianapolis. It's, you know, yeah. and, and watching a 45, 40 shootout game between you know Central Michigan and Western Kentucky. Uh, it's, that's just me. Now I, it, there might be fifteen thousand people at that game, uh, but it's something. It's something to watch. It's something that I haven't seen before. Uh, that I will probably carve out. Hey, I, you know, 
need three and a half, four hours to watch this game. And, and you could watch that game and, and do lesson plans or anything else that goes around with it. So I, I, that's my take on the bowl system. The college football playoff should probably be set at six. They need to figure out what are we looking at? It can't change every single year. Uh, is it, you know, is it, if you have the most difficult schedule and go 10 and two and win your conference championship, is it that, is it, well, you didn't really have the hardest schedule and, and you beat some great teams, but get blown out by some mediocre teams. Do you leave them out? There has to be um, a more defined criteria to do that. And then it also has to come down to the conferences. Big Ten plays nine conference games. The SEC plays eight yeah. conference games. Whereas, you know, you look at Ohio State the last two years, you that crossover game where they got blown out at Iowa and where they got shellacked at Purdue, that game might not have happened if you're playing eight games. Let's say, for argument's sake, that's that ninth game where you go, okay, well, Ohio State, maybe now they play Cincinnati. Or, you know, they play, uh, you know, uh, Miami, Miami Ohio. of Ohio. Yeah, yeah. And, and win that game 56 to 7 or 8,000 to nothing or, you know, whatever they would put on, you know, those two teams. Uh, instead of a, a conference road game in a supercharged environment uh, where they're, they had bad days, but hey, give credit to Iowa and Purdue. They played out of their minds, but it, you know, going into Kinnick stadium at night in, in, in October is always going to be difficult. Going into Ross aid stadium at night against Jeff Brom's team is going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot more difficult than playing at noon against Miami of Ohio at Ohio stadium. So, you know, that, the Big Ten, or the rest of the Power Five needs nine games, or the Big Ten and and whoever else has nine games needs to go back to eight games because they're, they're Kevin Wilson uh, media day a couple years ago. You're taking a chance, you know, with that ninth game, you're guaranteeing the conference goes seven and seven, uh, whereas yep. it, you could theoretically go fourteen and zero or thirteen and one, whatever it is. It's going to be better than seven. It could be better than seven and seven if you schedule smartly. Um, so they they need things need to be on an even playing field. You know the, the Big Ten playing nine conference games. It, it's it's come back to bite them in the rear end. You know Ohio State. If, if it's that cross, it's that extra crossover game where you know Iowa and Purdue don't get to see Ohio State that often. It's just that that game is a special game. That's when you go, you you look on the calendar. Oh, in 2025, Ohio State's coming back. Okay, we're you know what, 2025, we're we're going. You know, pack up the car, let's go. That's a game that people have circled on their calendars for years, and it's it's inevitable that that that's going to happen. And that kept out that those two losses kept Ohio State out of the the playoff whereas Ohio State probably put a fight against Alabama or Clemson uh, with, with the offense that they had. So they need an, they need to even the playing field. Um, 
probably expand it to six games. But once they start expanding, it's gonna it's it's gonna overexpand. It's gonna kill the regular season, um, and it, it, nobody can guarantee me that it's not gonna do those things. At, at what point? Okay, well, there's the argument between four and five now. Okay, well, then there's gonna be an argument between seven. Oh well, well, let's move it to eight games. Then it's going to be eight and nine. So you're never going to keep everybody happy, and there's always going to be an argument for somebody to be better than somebody on on the fringe. But I think the smaller it's kept, the better. And, and maybe you have one of these sliding scale of teams where, okay, clearly Clemson and Alabama are the two best teams. Now logistics, it's it's a logistical nightmare. Uh, but Alabama and Clemson are the two best teams. They're going to play in the national title game, where it's more like a BCS system. Uh, but it's a logistical a logistical nightmare because, God forbid, Alabama loses in the SEC title game to Georgia or, you know, Clemson gets it loses late in the year and, and things like that. But at what point – is it okay? The Alabama beat Ole Miss by 30. Then we go to an 18 playoff, and they're playing. They're playing, uh, you know, maybe a, a two-loss Michigan team, and and take them to the woodshed or, or something like that. At some point, that the games become unentertaining, and a lot of these semifinal games have been. Uh, there have been a, a few really good ones. Um, but the last couple of years have been, eh, like, okay, we, we know who the two best teams are. It's Clemson and Alabama. It's going to be Clemson and Alabama probably again this year. Uh, and I, I think that's bad for the sport. So final thoughts, TJ? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I do agree with you. Uh, Clemson and Alabama have certainly dominated the uh, – in terms of titles, um, I do think for me, um, I'm always going to be in favor of what I feel generates interest. Uh, you know, what do I want to watch? And for me, um, you know, having an argument of, hey, we can decide here one through six, you've got the argument of who are the top six. And then you've got another argument within that argument of, uh, you know, who are the top two to get those pivotal buys. Uh, and in football, that's a huge deal. And then you've mm-hmm. got the arguments of, all right, so who are our three and four because they get to host those on-campus games. So for me, that system brings up a ton of talking points, a ton of interest. Uh, and a lot of a lot of things to watch for every Saturday as teams try to make their case for that, and then you keep that traditional bowl system, uh, whereas a you know a game between uh, you know four and four Indiana and uh, you know five and three um, I don't know five and three Northwestern uh, would, generally speaking, in the Midwest, not even get a generate anybody's interest uh, but for Big Ten fans or, or Midwest football fans you know you're looking at it as oh hey those are two teams jockeying for bowl position uh, and trying to get to that sixth win um, 
so you'd have a, a middling matchup that doesn't matter at all, so then you add some stakes to it uh, when you've got these bowl games in place, whereas, hey, Northwestern going for a win to try and improve their bowl position, maybe get themselves to a, you know, a nice end of December, early January bowl game, uh, or with a loss, they're, they're back to battling for eligibility at all. And, and on the other side, you've got Indiana looking for a win to, to set themselves up to get to a bowl game. Uh, I just think it adds a lot more talking point, a lot more stakes, if you will, uh, for every game. And, and sports, while fun in general, just when you add stakes to it, uh, I think it makes it more compelling. And the more stakes you can have, the better for me. So uh, I'm in favor of the playoff, in favor of, I think making it a little better by having those tweaks and adjustments to get to six. I'll be very interested to see what the talking points are uh, as they begin negotiations for that next TV contract, which, of course, whatever they decide is going to be whatever the decision makers have decided. We believe that this will maximize our profit. That will be the driving factor behind all of it. That should surprise absolutely nobody. Yeah, it's all about – everything's all about money. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really like the sticks. Tweak it. Um, I think all Power Five teams need a need, Power Five conferences need a shot. Um, unless it's that one year where one of the conferences, you know, the conference, let's say Northwestern beat Ohio State in the conference title game uh, last year, then that throws a wrench into that. But that's a problem. You, you. That's a problem you, you handle when you when you get to it, uh, and you know six games makes sense. It keeps the luster of of the regular season and uh, keeps some of these local rivalries and and, and things intact. I, I'd like to see I'd like to see it. You know, it, it's already super regional, but I'd like to see you know the stakes of some of these regional games. You know the the Egg Bowl, uh, the Bucket Game, things like that. The, these games at the end of the year kind of get highlighted a little bit more. But you know, with the six game, with the sixteen playoff, Mississippi, Mississippi State's really not going to have any national bearing, and it's more for those SEC fans and, and things like that, diehard college football fans. Uh, and, and that's I think what people need to realize. What's what's great about college football is all these rivalries, teams that have been playing each other and hitting each other for close to 100 years, uh, and they usually always meet at that, you know, that last Saturday of November now, uh, and there got to be some pride, and in, in, in that's what people have to realize, that, that that's what college football is. It's not these crazy money-making playoffs and, and all that stuff. It, it's these rivalries. It's missed. Miss Florida, Florida State, uh, Miami, Florida, or Miami, Florida State. Uh, you know, Clemson, South Carolina. There's games where you just take the records off the table, and, and people are interested. And so, hopefully, uh, it doesn't take away from that. And hopefully, the college football playoff committee becomes more defined. I think one of the worst things that they've done is, you know, push back out their rankings earlier um, earlier and earlier it kind of hurts things kind of also shapes people's opinions a little too much Uh, go in watch the games 
these people have to you have to watch every single game. It's the only way I trust. Oh, we're only going to, you can't be like, Oh, we're only going to watch the top 10 teams. Well, maybe there's Boise state. Who's, you know, number 24 in, in September playing against, you know, a, a solid mountain West team that that game's at 10 30 at night. And you're not really watching it. Or, you know, some of these pac 12 games that are on some ridiculous, at some ridiculous time and things like that. Yeah, fine people are both knowledgeable about the sport and also will sit down and watch these games and go, hey, this team's this team's better than that team. And um, we'll see it. We'll see if that happens. Anyway, that does it for today's podcast. TJ, thanks for joining me uh, on this lovely June evening. Uh, come back to HoosierHuddle.com. As always, we're in the middle of our countdown. Uh, also, Antoine Randall is on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot for the consecutive year, I believe. Uh, hopefully, he gets in. He deserves it. If people haven't watched Antoine Randall, he was one of the most electric, if not the most electric player uh, in the end at that time. Changed, changed that game. Uh, with the option quarterbacks, these dual threat quarterbacks, uh, he he was a uh, he was a thrill to watch. So he he really deserved it um, to go into the Hall of Fame. He's a guy who kind of, who changed changed the way the game is played. Uh, now the the numbers are outstanding too, and he probably would have put up bigger numbers had he played in this era instead of in you know the late '90s, early 2000s. But uh, good on him. We're wishing him the best of luck. We've got 89 days uh, until the kickoff. We have previews, opponent previews coming up, uh, positional previews, opponent preview ranking, all stuff you need to know going into the season. We'll have coming out here in the next few months. Anyway, TJ, thanks for joining us. Any last words? No, thanks everybody for listening, and we will uh, be back next time as we start to look at some individual matchups and uh, do some, some fun, uh, not lists necessarily, but just some fun uh, to- uh, topics, I guess you'd say, as it relates to the 2019 season. And I think we're going to start with, um, you know, our favorite or most interesting uh, non-conference battles uh, around the country. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely always fun talking about places we'll, we'd like to tailgate, best uniforms, Yep. Games games we want to watch, sit down and watch, uh, games we wish we could attend, uh, things like that. So please join us. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. You can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from as well. That'll do it for tonight's show. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about more college football news. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.